What's going on, everybody? I hope everyone is having a great Friday afternoon, and welcome to WSUM 91.7 FM Student Radio. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Solomon, to discuss Badger football, predictions for the opening games of the NBA season, and the drama in Brooklyn. I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot of good good things to talk about this week. The NBA, obviously, starting up, going to be lots of storylines there, I'm sure. I already saw Stephen A. Smith hoping maybe not expecting but hoping that this will be the most exciting nba season yet so let's see what we got i'm excited yeah uh it's gonna be a good season and um hopefully uh we'll see some good competition for the next uh, couple months so let's just uh jump into these questions so uh last week it was reported that gm of the net sean marks wouldn't allow Kyrie to participate in practices or any other team activities until he was completely vaccinated so, Ben, uh, what are your thoughts on Brooklyn's sticky situation with Kyrie? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to look into there. Like, there's so many different levels of kind of how they're going to deal with this. I think, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's an incorrect decision. I think with the city itself making the mandate, it's not so much, at a certain point, how much is up to kind of the ownership and the team's decision. So, because I know New York City has a mandate for vaccinations for various things uh, and so i'm really curious to see what Kyrie chooses to do i know he's not i believe he said uh in a talk with the press that it's a conversation of personal freedom as opposed to um not trusting it maybe uh i don't know i don't know all the reasons i'm not 100 percent sure i don't really know much i can really only speculate but I do know that it's going to have a very interesting impact on the team on the court, I feel. Uh, obviously, Kyrie is a great player, so him not being on the court is going to have an impact on how the team does, obviously. Um, but I saw Kevin Durant wasn't too, you know, riled up about it. He was pretty kind of that, you know, it's going to work out in the end. Um, we're classic, you know, just focusing on right now kind of thing, not looking forward or not at least saying that they're looking forward. So... I think it's really interesting. Um, I think it's an interesting from a point situation. Excuse me, from multiple points of view. Obviously, that from the individual of Kyrie and his kind of following him through with his beliefs, and then also from the kind of standpoint of a teammate. You know, as an individual, that's great, but this is a team sport. You know, so it's a very different vibe. I'm curious to see how that's going to impact kind of relationships and both on and off the court. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And um, before I give my answer, I just want to say that what makes our country so special is that we have the freedom to do what we want with our bodies. If you don't want to take the vaccine, that's your choice. And it's okay for people to be upset by that. But in this situation, the problem I have with Kyrie is his selfishness. Selfishness when it comes to being a teammate of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets crew. Kyrie has already, missed, has already missed so much time with the Nets. In his first season with them, he got hurt and only played 20 games. Granted, the season got halted due to COVID. And then he came back the next season. And two weeks into it, he disappears for seven games because of personal reasons. What makes the situation even worse is he initially did not tell the coach or anybody else why he was leaving. Also, when he knew he was supposed to come back, 
He got caught partying with his sister, where everyone was most likely maskless, so he was exposed to contact. As a result, Kevin Durant had to be pulled from games since they found that he could have potentially been exposed. And now, fast forward to today. We have another reason why Kyrie Irving isn't playing basketball. KD is in Brooklyn because of you. James Harden, to a lesser degree, is in Brooklyn because of you. You help bring these guys together. I'm not trying to say forget the vaccine because I understand that as part of this discussion again, but what I'm focusing on and what I want people to know is I'm focusing on the fact that this guy helped assemble this super team and now you've left these guys hanging yet again. As of right now, Kyrie Irving is a distraction and it usually always involves him missing time on the job, which he signed up to do, which he encouraged other people to do, which he's getting paid $35 million a year to play. And that's where I'm coming from in this situation. So the vaccine, like obviously he could do what he wants with that, but I'm just upset with his demeanor and his selfishness towards not only his teammates, but the Brooklyn Nets organization. I think also on top of that, not only is it selfishness in terms of, you know, relationships with teammates, but also health of teammates. You know, this is not like, I believe it's 11 times more likely that you'll end up in the hospital if you're unvaccinated for COVID. So not only is he putting his personal health at risk, he's also at risk of kind of infecting his teammates or potentially infecting his teammates. So I think that's definitely not just, and then on top of that, there's the staff. There's, you know, the, you don't think about it, but the guy who picks up their towels, you know, all the fans in the stadium, there's a lot of different things that go into it. So I agree. I think that it's definitely more of a selfish situation. um, That's honestly very tough to deal with because it's hard to kind of say, unless you mandate it, which they have clearly done, like you got to do this if you want to be on the team. And you yeah. saw, you see this in the NFL, you know, various coaches or players kind of sitting out or kind of more potentially leaving organizations due to like vaccine mandates. That's starting to happen here in the NBA. Uh, and I think Brooklyn is really trying to lead the pack and set the standard of saying, you know what, you need the vaccine to be on our team. Uh, not only do you need it to be on our team, you need it to be in the city of New York. You know, so or to to practice and play, excuse me, in the city of New York, not to be there. And so as a team, we're going to, you know, follow that guideline. We're going to look at, you know, what the city is saying, public health officials in the city are saying, and we're going to follow that. And I really it's it's just really interesting to me. I'm curious to see how long it lasts. Uh, I'm curious to see if Kyrie's going to end up just getting the vaccine or maybe just sitting the whole season out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, interesting to see how. Uh, then that's kind of play this scenario as the weeks and months go on. But I do believe that Sean Marks is making the right decision, just like you said, um, because he's he's not only preventing Kyrie from like hurting himself, he's preventing Kyrie from exposing the virus to the, not only the players, but the staff as well. So hopefully, we'll, hopefully Kyrie will be able to figure out the situation within the next couple of weeks. But as of right now, I think the Nets are doing a good job silencing the outside noise and just focusing on uh, Milwaukee for uh, next Tuesday. And I mean, that's been going well. You know, their preseason hasn't been going too poorly. You know, obviously it's preseason. We don't want to look into anything or any, I at least I don't. I don't look into any kind of, you know, they did this well in the preseason. That means they're going to be good in the regular season. They went 3-1. and one. They didn't have a lot of guys playing. Like a lot of their big guys, Kevin Durant, played a couple games. You know, obviously, you know, Kyrie. But they looked good as a team. They looked focused. They looked ready, like you said, ready for uh, Milwaukee coming up. Yeah, I mean, obviously they look good right now, and they'll definitely be able to compete for a playoff spot. But 
they need Kyrie Irving if they want to win the NBA championship this year. That's plain and simple as that. Interesting. I, I don't know if I agree with that fully, but um, I think Kyrie's a great player, but I don't think they need him. I think Harden and KD are enough, especially with the role guys they have around them in Brooklyn. Um, but I do think if you have Kyrie Irving, you're, at le- you're a favorite in the East, probably a favorite in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, yeah, Vegas odds had them as the favorite if the big three yeah. are healthy. Yeah, they'd be that juggernaut team that everyone was talking about the last couple of years of being like, oh my gosh, they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden all on the same team. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, you got arguably, like, like arguably three of the most talented scorers in our league today. I mean, yeah. you could throw Luka Doncic in that scenario and Steph Curry as well, but... Yeah. No, every n- every night it's pick your poison. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If one goes off, the other two don't need to, but they probably still will. It's it's they're a scary team when healthy. I definitely agree with that. One team that I also thought was going to be scary when healthy, uh Los Angeles the Los Angeles Lakers, excuse me, had an abysmal preseason in terms yeah, of record. Been, they've not been playing well. They're 0 6 right now. 0 6, awkward to say the least yeah. with a team sporting Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. Like, again, another maybe big three. Another kind of you put, look at people, match them up. They've got really, really strong offensive talents on their team uh, and a pretty deep team. Uh, And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think it's really going to come down to do they have too many role guys and can they all share the ball? Because there's a lot of people on that team that want to score. However, on top of that, there's also a lot of people on that team that like to pass. Like they had assists. You got LeBron, Russell Westbrook, who have both historically maybe not led but been top three top five assist leaders in the league so I really think it's gonna be interesting going forward I don't really want to look into too much because again it is the preseason I don't think they're going to be super uh, concerned about that Mm -hmm. going 0-6 but I am cautiously thinking okay are they gonna is this gonna be a thing because even if they're kind of messing around you'd expect LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis to win a game or two. Yeah, I mean, I feel like LeBron faced the same little slump with the Miami Heat Big Three as they struggled in their first season together. But like LeBron once said, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to take time for this team to mesh together, but they have the Hall of Fame talent and the IQ to um, make it all the way to the finals for sure. Yeah, I have high hopes for them. I'm ex- again, I'm excited for the season. I think it's going to be a really good one. Yeah, so the season officially starts on Tuesday, October 19th, where the Nets will face the Bucks and the Lakers will finish off the night by taking on the Warriors. So what are your predictions for Tuesday night, Ben? I don't know. It's going to be a fun one for sure. Um, I think uh, you see it's the coin flip, honestly. The first game, excuse me, Brooklyn versus versus Milwaukee. It's in Milwaukee, so I think – now with fans being back again, they have the upper hand. Home field advantage is definitely a thing now. Definitely. Again, Milwaukee coming off of a hot championship season. Uh, they just re-signed their GM, I believe, to another yeah. contract uh, contract extension. Obviously, the work he's done there has been great, building Milwaukee to from pro- pretty much nothing to having a championship now. Uh, but again, Brooklyn, if healthy, oh, that's dangerous. I think it's going to really come down to the uh, – the down low game in the post. I think you've got a bunch of big guys on Milwaukee that can shoot the ball as well. So you have Giannis, who in the preseason... His, his jump shot has definitely gotten better. Like I've seen shot, the footage and... He's yeah, worked on it. Watch out, NBA. Watch yeah. out. And Brooke Lopez, who we've always known, has been able to hit a three. Yeah, even Splash since, Mountain. Even yeah. since he was in Brooklyn as yeah. their main guy. So now I think if they can spread the floor and really keep 
you know, the likes of like DeAndre Jordan or or um, I think it's Claxton. I believe his name is. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's they, on the Lakers, by the way. Jordan's on the Lakers. Wait, yeah. he left. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm Their big guys up. are uh, Claxton and Blake Griffin. Claxton and Blake Griffin. If Claxton and Blake Griffin, excuse me for the for the mistake there, if they can, you know, guard around the perimeter, then good for them. That's impressive. Take away that three point shot, but then you open up that penetration from Drew Holiday, yeah. from Middleton, from anyone else yeah. on Milwaukee. So I think Milwaukee can take it uh, if they're playing. It, obviously, this is just the first game this season. Totally, things could be different. Things that we don't expect. I do think Milwaukee wins this one though yeah so the Bucks finally found a winning combination in Giannis Antetokounmpo Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and their championship core remains largely intact besides the loss of PJ Tucker to the Heat and it looks like Kyrie won't play due to his vaccination status being up in the air which is definitely a tough loss offensively for the Nets the Bucks bench is deeper and they are much better defensively than Brooklyn I think if the Bucks can neutralize KD which is like basically KD only scoring 25 and like 23 shots. Um, I see them winning, especially with the home crowd on their side the whole night. Yeah, I think I think I think the Nets definitely could make it a fun one. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think definitely. We saw last season and kind of with the the bubble season offense really producing kind of like similar to the nfl i think it's a lot of that noise of the stands really or the lack of said noise kind of enables offense also depth perception is here exactly enables them to run their offense in a different way enables you know better concentration less distraction stuff like that so i do think it's going to be a shootout not just because of that but most because of the two teams i think both these teams are really offense heavy they have some defensive players, some really solid defenders. I mean, look at Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year, I believe it was two years ago. So they've really got talent on both sides of the ball, but I do think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch, and, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Um, it'll be nice to see, like, a Eastern Conference semifinal rematch. Yeah, 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 especially after the way that it ended. I mean, that Game 7 was fun to watch it was dramatic if KD's fit was if katie's foot wasn't so big they'd be in the yeah. conference finals that's exactly. all i'm gonna say exactly yeah. so i think there's a lot little bit of bad blood there i'm sure there a lot of those players on brooklyn are like you know what these guys they barely beat us we know as a team that we can and we beat weren't them. healthy we weren't healthy we weren't like, even that's healthy they, that's now we are yeah well not entirely because kyrie entirely we are healthier than then yeah we, we can do this. Yeah, you know? like this is our chance to show not only the Bucks but the world that we are the better basketball team. Yeah, and as for your second game of the night, <coughs> excuse me, the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers, that's a toss-up. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. I honestly, I need to I need to think more about this one. Because it's in if LA, we're getting, too. Because if we're getting, you know, preseason – uh, preseason Lakers, obviously. Oh, and six, not very good. What are they going to do with that? Yeah. Um, and the Warriors have looked really solid, especially Jordan Poole, who's been absolutely lighting yep, it up. He's really, I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's going to have a good season, too, because confidence. confidence. Confidence is a huge thing, especially for these young guys. And going to his third year, like this kid, this kid believes that not only is he like a huge part of that Warriors team, he feels like he's one of the best young scorers in the league. Even yeah, though he's not, but he has that mindset. I mean, and that's. Honestly, all you need. If you have that confidence, you'll you know take on shots that you might not always think, and some yeah. of them are going to drop. You're going to average more points. You'll get more minutes. You'll have a bigger impact on your team. My one issue with Jordan Poole is when Clay Thompson is healthy, 
there's no way that Jordan Poole is going to be starting over Clay Thompson. Yeah, so yeah. he might I get think, pushed think, to the bench. Could yeah. mess with confidence a little bit. I doubt it. I hope that he understands how good Clay Thompson is and how that's not really a huge deal. But without Clay, obviously for this game, for the start of the season, I, I'm looking to pool at Poole, excuse me, to kind of keep that preseason. He said 20 points a game. Yeah. Keep that going. He's going to come off the bench for the Warriors because I don't think him and Steph together on the court are going to work well because Poole is a ball dominant guy and. He really gets his offense going when he's like taking the shots and has the ball in his hands, not like off ball. Yeah, another another big issue I think is who's going to guard AD and when exactly. AD goes to the bench, who's going to guard Dwight and when Dwight yeah. goes to the bench, who's going to guard Jordan? Yeah. They've got a lot of size in yeah. terms of uh, the Lakers do. They have a compared lot of to Golden size State, compared absolutely. to Golden State for Especially sure. With Wiseman being out, yeah, with Wiseman being out, I really their small ball is going to be pretty much all the time. Uh, they absolutely. don't really have a big man besides Kevin Looney. Who I don't consider to be a true huge big. I mean, Anthony. He's undersized center. Yeah, he's an undersized center. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be can Golden State's three point shooting keep up with what I would assume the Lakers would just be able to the points in the paint the Lakers are going to be able to have um, with again Russell Westbrook driving to the basket, LeBron driving to the basket, AD. I also think second chance points is a huge issue. Absolutely. Again, with that size difference, you're going to get more rebounds. What are you going to do? Oh, what do you do when you can't even rebound the ball defensively? You can't score because the other team's already scoring on you. So I do think the Lakers take this one. Again, that size difference I think is too much for the Warriors to overcome. But I am, again, like you like you said, excited for this Warriors team. I think yeah. they're going to be really good, especially when Klay Thompson comes back. Splash Brothers can win any game themselves. So. Yeah. They're, they're the most dangerous shooting duo, not only in the league, but of all time. And even though the Lakers have been struggling, I think they will come out firing on all cylinders Tuesday night because that's when they're fully going to get their legs under them due to the fact that they're one of the oldest teams in the league. If Steph doesn't get it going, I've got the Lakers winning on opening night because of their depth, their versatility on defense, and the play of their big three. Yeah. I Also, there's some fun games even after Tuesday. But I think for me, obviously, Nets Bucks highlight of the entire week pretty much, top game of the week. You know, Especially up, going to school in Madison. I exactly. Mean, is... I think it's going to be, you know, I'm sure every restaurant's going to have, every sports bar is going to have, you know, people lining up out of the door watching through the windows to get that. Buffalo Wild Wings just reopened. Yeah. It's going to be packed, I'm sure. Dubs. So I'm sh- another one that I'm really hyped about actually is Celtics-Knicks as a Knicks fan myself. Very excited to see how the Knicks do. Um, that's going to be a game on Wednesday. Really excited to see them come out against the Celtics who – have been kind of trending a little bit down, I would say, in the past one, two, maybe three years. Injuries have really killed um, them, especially in the playoffs last year. They didn't have Jalen Brown, and he had like yeah. a spectacular All Star. Exactly. Season. So you got if again they're another team, kind of like Golden State, where if they're healthy, they could be a serious dark horse to beat some of these teams in you know later on in the season if healthy to beat some of these teams. Another game I'm excited about is Nuggets Suns. Can Chris Paul in his second season really kind of bring it back? Um, and corral the team and really lead them again to another uh, conference, uh, another finals and see how that goes. And kind of, can they, you know, get over the hump? Can Chris Paul finally get over that hump? And again, for the Nuggets, the same story. I hate to sound like a broken record, but if healthy, they're really good. Another team that's kind of been plagued by the injury bug, especially um, by some of their stars. So I really think it's going to be a fun, fun, fun start of the season especially with some of these matchups that we've got going on uh, in the first couple of days. Yeah, it's going to be it's just going to be good to see basketball back, honestly. 
Yeah. And yeah. so now I'd love to transition and talk about Badger football. Shutout win last week. Defense looked dominant. Chesman Lucy was a monster uh, going for 21 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown. So what do you what do you kind of see coming up this week against a relatively unknown Army team? Yeah, there's a lot to think about, honestly. About I don't know, honestly, what I expect for tomorrow night's game uh, at Camp Randall. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, however, I was cautious, cautiously optimistic for the chances of the Wisconsin Badgers in their last few games against Michigan as well as Notre Dame. My biggest issue with Wisconsin is just the unevenness of their offense. Not only are they inconsistent. Well, no, actually they are quite consistent. Let me let me correct that. They're consistently good against bad teams and consistently bad against good teams. The only game where Wisconsin had over 75 yards rushing, I believe, against in a loss was against Penn State. That game one week game, excuse me, week 1 lost to Penn State where they lost 17 to 10. Ches Malusi has been a amazing addition to the team uh braylon allen also huge addition to the team but when you've run i believe 140 pass plays and 240 rush plays that's just too uneven for me in my opinion especially when graham mertz needs that confidence he needs to get the reps in especially against teams like illinois last week which we didn't really see so i'm i think the ground game will be Army just itself. I think Army is not a terrible team, but they haven't really come up against any strong opponents yet this season. I think Wisconsin's run game is just too good. Uh, that alone should be able to get them the win. Uh, but I really kind of like the game against Illinois, and like I said a couple weeks ago against Eastern Michigan, I want to see the pass game develop. I want to see the pass game get better. And even if it doesn't get better, I just want to see them run more pass plays. Give give Mertz the reps. Give Mertz the in-game reps. Not the in-practice reps. You can do that all week long. It's the in-game, game-time moments with those sometimes high stakes where he gets the the experience and can improve. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing to know about Army is last week they came up short against the Ball State Cardinals losing 28-16. to And the Black Knights are known for their potent triple option attack on offense, averaging 318 rush yards per game. But the thing about Wisconsin is our defense, our rush defense is one of the best rush defenses in, defenses in the country, only allowing 41.4 rush yards per game. So it's truly a matchup of strength versus strength. And I think if Army can get their run game going, it will be a it will be a, like a somewhat competitive game. But I feel like if Army can't get their run game going, I really see Wisconsin winning by at least two to three touchdowns due to the fact that Army's uh, passing game is uh, non-existent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think Army is an interesting opponent. I think it's a good opponent for them to have right now, Wisconsin to have right now. Wisconsin coming off those two, I, would, I wouldn't I would even argue, but those two bad losses to both Notre Dame and Michigan, uh, especially the Notre Dame loss. Those that losses, not only was it tough to watch as a fan of the Badgers, it was tough to watch as like a fan of football because you saw Graham Mertz, who, again the highest-rated quarterback in the history of Wisconsin football program. The high, Coming into his freshman season, when he was recruited, he was the highest-rated recruit at the quarterback position Wisconsin has ever seen. He, goes th- he does throw for 240 yards, 
which is a good number of yards. He threw a touchdown, but he also threw four interceptions, which is, I mean, not exactly what you want to see. He's also 18 of 41, which I don't know the math on that, but that is not a very good percentage. Yeah, and last week he only threw for 100 yards in an interception. And it, and they and their defense held Illinois scoreless. So they yeah. had their defense gave their offense plenty of time with the ball. They had 42 minutes of possession compared to Illinois' 18 about 18. That's two almost two and a half times more ball possession than Illinois does and you only throw it 19 attempts. He only had 19 attempts. So I really want to see Coach Chris and the Wisconsin offense kind of maybe not ease Mertz into it, but really get him involved throwing the ball because I think there's a lot to be seen from Graham Mertz yet. I think he has that skill. We've seen it in some games. He makes plays that are really impressive. He makes throws excuse me, that are really impressive, but then he also makes throws that are really unimpressive and really kind of embarrassing and hard to watch because you know he can do it, he he just doesn't. I, it's hard to describe, but I think getting the passing game, even if it's not dominant, in this, we don't need Graham Mertz to throw for five touchdowns, 600 yards for as fans to be excited. I think we just need Graham Mertz to have a good game. I haven't seen a good game out of Graham Mertz yet this year, and I just want to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like adding on to what you said about the passing game, if we get the passing game going, that's just only going to open up the running lanes even more and make Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen's job even easier. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, against Illinois, I believe it was almost 400 yards rushing between the t- between the three backs. Yeah. Really, obviously, we've known this, really solid run game and or has a really solid run game and potential to be a really dominant running team. So again, that also opens up passing plays. Like you said, as a good pass offense can open up running lanes, a good run offense kind of makes them crowd the box and you give maybe some one-on-one plays down the field, give Mertz time to kind of get the ball out, find his, make good decisions, and see what his route runners are running. And I don't know. I just haven't seen that yet for yeah. Graham Mertz, and I really want to. Yeah, I so want to see I. him look off a first pass and not stare down his receiver for the entire play. Yeah, and um, hopefully we can just get a W this weekend. I mean, it's always nice to see a W in the book. Yeah, I think also Wisconsin is looking for kind of not just a a win in the, obviously a win in the win column, but a, a mental win. Again, they just beat, they're coming off a win against Illinois where they, you know, bageled them and they only got zero points. I think they need this another good win against a team that on paper is weaker than them to really build that confidence going into some pretty big games come down the line, including Iowa. So, Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Hopefully we can get a W and um, uh, just keep that going for the rest of the season. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Ish Can Dish. Have a great rest of your uh, Friday afternoon, and um, go Badgers.